past couple of times where uh, Ryan and I have had some really great stuff and Chris is just sitting there not not hitting the button. Chris, are you are you taping or not taping? Because we we should crush him for buying the QLID, which is a scam. This is being recorded on on tape. Okay, good. Because the QLED scam. That's that that is what you sell to people who don't want to spend the money to go up to OLED, but it lets you extort an extra three hundred bucks. It sounds like an upgrade. Just bought the normal four K. UHD with well, local none, none, none of this matters. It was Black Friday. It was heavily discounted. Uh, I'm very happy. What is which playoffs would those be? Are those the curling playoffs that that you look like you have a towel in the back or something that says 2019 playoffs? Was this from the Swedish uh, national uh, 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 yeah. games or or was it from soccer? Flat, ski? Flat skiing. It's the Phoenix soccer team. In the USL, the league underneath Major League Soccer. <laughs> wow, that must be some quality. Do they relegate <laughs> up and down, like Major League, the last team in the Major League Soccer gets relegated it, down to the. It, it's it's America. They they don't do relegation. Uh, they do the thing where sometimes they you go back the league instead. You go back to middle school. <laughs> 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 Thomas Jonathan was admiring. that beautiful entertainment center it is a i will say it's a mild upgrade from the ladder from the what what? from the ladder the ladder oh Oh, right. you act like you don't know what i'm talking about for weeks all you had behind you was a ladder well hold on hold on what kind of ladder because i just bought myself a fancy pants ladder and it's the most exciting purchase i've made in the last month okay i i want to hear all about it and i'm not even kidding because uh i've learned so many things from you JVL um, about zipper garages and mm-hmm. just like what makes something great. Like what makes a great ladder mattresses, mattresses. Yeah. Fluid absorbency, the whole thing. What was, t- tell us about mattresses your ladder. Makes a great ladder. <laughs> tell us about your ladder spreadsheet. I, uh, so I need a ladder because we had to uh, install a ninja line between a couple of trees in the backyard. You guys are familiar with ninja lines, right? Uh, a ninja line is just another term for slack line. Slack line is a very Matthew Robarts thing. It's what the hippie hiker outdoorsy people do. And you spread, uh, imagine a seatbelt. Now imagine a seatbelt that is 60 feet long that you can wrap around two trees and then use a ratchet to, to get like 750 pounds of tension on you could walk on it and bounce up and down on it and you know isn't this what they use on college lawns college quads they will those up between trees and just like walk around or is that something else yeah Yeah. i think so is this high off the ground or pretty close to the ground well uh it's about 15 feet off the ground now because we are not allowing the children to to climb on it we're hanging uh swings and stuff from it for them to play on oh i see and uh, so I tried putting it up with my normal, stupid, 25-year-old Werner seven-foot ladder. Huge mistake. Very bad. Almost died. And so I realized I need another ladder for the job. And so I went out and got myself a little giant multi-position ladder. From Lowe's? <laughs> Is that the movie where Rick Moranis and his older brother play midget football and... So have you never seen the, the TV infomercials for the little giant ladder system? No. Yeah, but but I've possibly. seen Tom Izzo dance on a ladder. 
It is something else. So this thing, so I got it from the Amazon. Lord Bezos sent it to me. And all folded up, it's really short. It's five feet, five inches or something like that, right? And then the first position is you can unfold it to an A shape and it's like, hey, it's a normal ladder. But then you undo a couple of, of things and it slides up until it becomes... I want to say like a 12 foot A-frame ladder, but then you can pop it all the way out flat and it's a 22 foot extension ladder. And there's hmm. even another position where you can bring it down so that you form an isosceles triangle so hmm. that if you want to get right up against a wall, because that's the thing that kills you with an A-frame ladder, right? You're, you're trying to do something high up on a wall and you're leaning over what... It is amazing. If you want to put it on stairs, you can shorten up the feet on one side and elongate them on the. This thing is amazing. I, I actually have a ladder like this. The, the the one the one catch is that it's a million pounds. It is so. I'd imagine yours is is considerably lighter. Forty. It's forty pounds. It's okay. not. It's not light, but it does have wheels on Ooh. two of the legs, so you can roll it around. Uh, the big drawback is, I would say, you should be careful not to pinch your finger. Yeah, yeah. Because there are a lot of as, pinch points. Yeah, as you adjust it, like you got to pop it out on either side, and then yeah. you kind of slide it and goes. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I've I've been pinched many times. Ladder talk is hot. <laughs> it's hot stuff. Oh, ladder talk is so hot. So, uh, so can, Thomas, can we, can we talk about the orgies? What, what is what is hot Fauci uh, deemed the the limit for orgies right now? What's the maximum amount of people in 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 non essential orgies? Oh, we're not talking essential orgies. Or our deputy state epidemiologist. Yeah, hot Fauci. There's uh, no way he's given up orgies. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, well, no, have you I seen mean, Have you seen um, hot Fauci from Sweden, JVL? No. Is What's, Swedish hot? Does she Does she look like? Oh no, it's a he. It's he, uh, it's actually he's got a little salt and pepper going on, and he mm -hmm. throws around trees in the woods. Does he look like Fastbender? I, I haven't seen him below the waist. To be I honest. hear, I hear that I hear that Fastbender could go to an orgy and bang a girl while still maintaining social distance. Is that not true? Same thing with Milton Berle. Really? You remember? Do you know? I I I've uh, heard that. I don't I don't want to say names. You guys will know who I'm talking about. Anybody who's listening to the show who knows me will know who I'm talking about. But I'm going to hide the name of my comedian friend. Uh, so my comedian friend upon Milton Berle's death told me the best Milton Berle joke ever. The punchline of which is, hey, Milt, just take out enough to win. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've heard that. I I some i heard it from on like some pod, some other comedian told that on a podcast oh god the best okay milton burl v lyndon baines johnson what do you think i think milton burl is the king you'd have to get to like shack before you before <laughs> there's any or greg odin or something you guys remember the greg odin and the meat bat you got to get to that before there's wait a, i didn't you know. i remember greg odin but i didn't know that about uh, greg go odin. go google greg odin uh i believe he released a selfie into the wild oh mm. God. i just remember his uh crumbling knees less his he his, was uh, picked, remember number one overall very, i believe very very, very old uh, ahead yeah. of ahead of kevin durant uh thomas's boy 
Yeah, that was a I saw I saw Odin play in high school and in high school he looked like he was 50 years old. I was going to say he was 42. <laughs> yeah. In high school. Hey, do you remember when they used to take big men ahead of, you know, talented slasher shooters like Kevin Durant? It's different. different remember league. that? It's yeah. different league. So, uh, Thomas, back to the orgies. So, when you have your Midsommar uh, out out in Sweden, Sweden, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be cray cray? Are you guys getting any of the AstraZeneca that we don't want over here in America? No. Along with like the all the T-shirts that are pre-made for the teams that lose the Super Bowl, you know, we'll <laughs> ship them over to you. Along with our AstraZeneca vaccines. They, uh, they updated the, the time schedule for vaccinations today, and they believe their ambition now is that by the end of August, every, everyone over the age of 18 should have been offered a vaccine. Ooh. So this summer might be screwed. At, leave- least in that, at least in that timeline, the Atlanta Falcons defeated the New England Patriots. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I was going to say, I believe the limit currently is eight. Uh, I think the, the limit on public gatherings uh, is still eight. Even if it's an orgy? Okay. I mean, I don't see why you would discriminate between sexual and non-sexual activity. What if, what if they're all wearing masks? Uh, Hold on. What if they're all wearing gimp masks, <laughs> which are even more effective? We, we don't do masks. So I, I just... Uh, Even for orgies? Weeks. Have you not seen Eyes Wide Shut? It makes it hotter. Oh. <laughs> Might consider it. Chris? Uh, just a few weeks ago, I mentioned the TV show Party Down, uh, which Ryan has also seen. In that show, um, they're catering an orgy for Thomas Lennon, but it's like a failed orgy. Like, he sent out these invitations, and they thought it was just a mask party. <laughs> and so he's just trying to get everyone... <laughs> Um, it's a fantastic episode of a, of a, a very episode. good show. Yeah, uh, Thomas, uh, do you need a countdown? Uh, can I just say first that I'm really excited that JVL is here because it means that I don't have do have to do any of the intro or any of the hosting because JVL will happily take over those responsibilities from me. Yeah, that's right. T R E W. Sorry, I'm reading the the keys on my keyboard. Let me try that again. Five, four, three, two, one. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the SSEU trash can pod. I'm going to count in a fun prime number sequence. Two, three, five, seven, 11, 13, 17. Should we keep going now? You guys never count in primes, do you? We have it. I did it it in honor of Lord B. Sauce. (laughs) What I did there. Listen, if John Gruden starts counting in primes, then we're there. How are you boys doing? Everybody okay? Uh, we're great. But, you know, JVL, we, we don't want to hear about us. We want to hear about Flash and his adventures at the baseball pitch. Baseball, <laughs> baseball Lawn. pitch. What do you call it? Uh, the, the, the plate. The at the plate. It's at the plate. So, Christopher, you and, you and Thomas should feel very, very blessed that, unlike Ryan, you don't get a series of texts from me in game with things like, holy crap, he just went yard again. 
because this is what Ryan has to live with from me. Uh, we, we had, he's just at a different level than every other. No, seriously, you guys. Uh, so, um, I think you sent me, uh, a video. I think it was just one half inning of him pitching and like JVL talks about how, you know, the other kids just have no chance, but then you see the video and these kids, these are, they're not even the hitters. They're not even thinking about like trying to hit the ball. I swear they're thinking about going and getting another helmet because <laughs> they, the, when they do swing, like it, people make that joke about like, Oh, you swung like when the catcher was throwing it back, but that's almost what it is when they do swing. It's like, I, I couldn't, especially for like a travel league. I didn't expect to see him be like, um, so dominant against what would should be better talent than a little league and uh it's a yeah is he, is he playing against kids his age or how does yeah. this work okay no so so they have wanted to move him up the the travel organization he's in has wanted to move him up and they were gonna move him up two years they wanted him to play on 14 this year uh i the, the truth is he could have played on the 16 and 17 year old team and within our travel squad. He there's a 100% chance he could have made that team. I do not like either the coaches or the kids or the parents in the 13 and 14 year old group. Uh, there are a lot of people who seem to put a very great amount of stock in wins and losses of like child baseball, which I think is poisonous and I want no part of. It's terrible. The coaches like yell at the kids and stuff. And I'm just like, what? Guys, these kids are not getting paid. And so I kept him with the group that he's in because they're his age and the kids are great. The parents are great and the coaches get it. And the coaches get it to such a degree that uh, this is, Ryan, you'll appreciate this. We had... This past weekend, a uh, game in which uh, the umpire just miscounted strikes on one of the kids on Flash's team and had it at like two, the count at two and two. And our coach came up out of the dugout with the assistant coach saying, we had that as the third strike blue. And, you know, and uh, poor Alex had to go and sit down and strike out, even though he thought he was getting away with one. Because that's the level of like caring that our coaches have. They don't really get upset about, you know, when you, when they lose or anything. Uh, so he's, we got to understand he's 12 years old and his, his fastball when he's throwing only at 85 or 90% is now like 73, 74 miles an hour. Mm. He, so, and he has another gear that he can go up to from there that we tell him not to throw in games. We just, you know, there's no reason for him to throw as hard as he can. And the other, the good pitchers we see at his level might throw 55. Hmm. So it's, it's just a different level. And at the, the game. So after the inning, I sent you Ryan in the next inning and I, I stay on their sidelines. I watched him do this. The other team's manager came out to his kids and told them don't swing at anything. Just take right. and maybe he'll walk you. And the kids walked up there and they didn't even pretend like they literally, you know, like it's a cartoon, just sat there with the, the bat on their shoulder. And, you know, so he struck out the side with that. And then the next inning he came in and he said, all right, everybody just do two strike approach. Don't, no loading up. 
you know, choke up on the bat three inches and just swing in the, so here's the, nobody likes bragging about the kids, but I do find it interesting. What you can tell is so different about him is he threw 80 pitches in this game and batters made contact twice. So one kid was able to foul a ball backwards and one kid put a ball in play and, but that's about normal. So if, you know, for every 60 to 80 pitches he throws, you'll see kids make contact of any sort, you know, once or twice in a game and that's it. I, he's never had a multi-hit game. He's never given up more than one hit in a game. And it's just because kids don't, don't make contact. He's just, you know, his, his ball is too fast and there's too much natural movement on it. Yeah. Because it's, you know, he's learning a slider and he's learning a curve, but we don't let him throw him in games because, uh, there's no need to monkey with it, right? Until you meet somebody who can catch up with you. And the other thing that's really unfair is that, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you can tell this, but he's still pitching from 50 feet. So yeah. he, he doesn't move back to the 60 feet un- until next year. Right. And this is why it is a little bit unfair for the other kids to have to face somebody with that much velocity from only 50 feet. So uh, Yeah, I remember the, um, in our 12-year-old all-star team, for I think it was a practice or something they brought out like uh, somebody brought a radar gun out and our hardest throwers like I think I hit like maybe 61 or something like that our hardest guy or guy who we thought through so hard I think hit like 62 or something like that so we thought of that as like you know almost like unhittable or something like that so I can't imagine 12 year olds from 50 feet having to face yeah it's it's pretty crazy and he so the pitching academy he works out at during the week they do everything from 60 feet so that's the other thing thing, i mean it's a little weird for him to on game days for travel to Uh, be moved into 50 i mean he's really used to working on the 60 foot mound um that's good it'll help him when he's when he's ready to make that jump up but this is why you know again everybody all the people in the organization wanted him moved up and they said he's ready for the field night. I, I don't know. Like we don't know what his talent horizon is. We don't know, you know, is he good enough to play college, but not play minors? Who, who knows? All I really care about is like, is he having fun and enjoying it? And I just, I looked at the kids in these other two teams, you know, the 13 and then the 14 year old teams. Cause you know, I see them at practice and these kids look like they are just dying to get out of there because their coaches are such a-holes. Yeah. That's the and I just thought, I don't would... want him in a place that's like going to make baseball not be fun. It's not a job. He's 12 years old. For I, sex, I right? mean, basically for me, from 12 years old on, baseball was not fun. Like, it, it just, I was like, if I played well, it was just like all like, anger because i hated my coaches so much at every level it was all like because the you know the fake macho stuff and wins and losses just uh always yeah wins and losses the stupidest thing in the world talking about wins and losses and but he (laughs) it is pretty funny you go five for seven with three home runs and 10 rbis in an afternoon yeah it seems like that's a ton of fun I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, he's killing it both pitching and hitting to the point where, I, I mean, was that two years ago? Shannon's videoing. Uh, she shared this video. She's videoing. He hits an inside the park home run. And, you know, sh- 
her ululations are like like an Afghan horde coming in, you know, through the the valley pass. I remember that. To, you know, like here she's like videoing. I saw two of the home runs, and she's just like, oh, oh, you hit it out again. Oh, good job, good job, Flash. You know, like it, it was like she, you know, I, I know they say act like you've been there before, but it was it was just a little much, if you ask me. I did. We, I did have to talk to him. One thing I had to talk to him about after the game was I said, you got to hustle around those base paths. If when you go yard, you don't, he wasn't, he wasn't dogging it. And I said, but you know, I said, look, someday somebody's going to go yard on you, big guy. And if they run around the way you did, you're going to be pissed and I'm going to hear about it. So just, you know, run the way you would want the guy who just, who just hit a Jack off of you to run. Get it. See what I did there. <laughs> did you guys watch any grown up baseball today? Indeed. I I watched like a half an inning and uh I'm so despondent because we have two tickets to the Nationals Mets on Saturday and there's a covid outbreak in the Nationals organization. Today's Nationals Mets game was canceled. I bet you Saturday's is going to be canceled. And I don't know, like what idiot hasn't been vaccinated? I mean, what if you're in a pro sports league and you haven't been vaccinated? I don't understand how that works. I hear there are a lot of loopholes to get a vaccine. So if you haven't gotten it so far, um, sorry, that's a really inside joke. Did you boys? Did you boys watch? Did the Twinnies play today? The Uh, Twins played. Yeah. Um, Josh Donaldson was their big signing. uh, Not this past offseason, the signing before uh, the offseason before one of the top um, two way third baseman in the league. Amazing signing for them. Um, The only reason he didn't get a ton more money is, is his age. Well, he he missed like half of last season with a calf strain. And um, in the first inning, he was legging out a double. And he um, came up uh, oh, no. limping, and oh. that was kind of the <laughs> he, he made it half of an inning into the season. Uh, so oh, hopefully he's okay. And then um, I'm not kidding. I just hope that I mean he missed like literally like seven weeks last year. How old is he now? I want to say like 31. He's Greg 32. Odin's age. <laughs> but I mean that would be that would be really bad for them if he's going to be missing time. Uh, with a with a calf, so. he, he he had he had one of my most favorite tweets over the offseason when he was like basically saying that like the difference between a good fielding shortstop and third baseman is like <laughs> basically negligible, and he doesn't know why shortstops get so much more praise than third baseman. And I think he was right. I think the I think the analytics bear that out, but I hope he's well, they, not. They require I, different skills. Is is what it is. It's, I don't know if mm-hmm. if yeah. But, He's he's thirty five, so he's kind of a late bloomer. I hope he's not having Joey Votto disease because I watched Votto have an at bat today, and he's he's uh, he's by far my favorite player of uh, the last you know two decades, and uh, I think he's mostly done. Is he done? I think so. You watched oh. Jason's dog have an at bat? Yes, I watched Jason's dog have an at bat. <laughs> He's done. Jason's dog is done. <laughs> I'm very excited for the baseball season. JVL, uh, how many games do you think you'll get to? Uh, Nats games. Hard to say. Uh, the way it is working so far, uh, they <laughs> release... Uh, the So they come to you at the beginning of the month. They say, you know, here we're going to let you get up to X number of games that you can select to take your tickets for because I have a half-season plan. 
and I I was able to find three games that we could make the for April, and I'm hoping that in May we might be able to get maybe five games. I'd be very excited about. What is the capacity right now? Are they is it five thousand? Five thousand fans. That's one of the lowest in the in the league, I think. Didn't uh, I see that the Rangers opened it up to full capacity? Full, full capacity. <laughs> because, I mean, like something like twelve percent of Texas has been vaccinated, so <laughs> it's just performative, right? I mean, they're not not only twelve percent capacity, but they're also gonna they're gonna have anti-vaccine passports. You can't <laughs> you can't come to the ballpark if you've gotten the vaccine. <laughs> Because they're going to show what real Americans do down in Texas. And you got to bring your AR-15 with you. <laughs> It'd be great. Jonathan, I know you've been behaving and have not been on Twitter, but uh, your favorite congresswoman, your congress lady, uh, posted a video of herself working out with um, with the caption, uh, this is my COVID, like, this is my vaccination, like, staying healthy. Oh. Hashtag then- fire fossil. <laughs> She oh yeah, the, fire Fauci. Yes, hashtag. Fire and then Fauci. she did the most dangerous looking yes. <laughs> squats and pull ups I've ever seen in my life. There's no way that that's safe. Everything about it was insane. Everything. Yeah. Well, if you'll remember, uh, the United States Surgeon General, under the former guy, came out and st- said to I, I think it was Face the Nation. It was on one of the one of the other shows and uh, said that, you know, really the insanely great physical condition that uh, the president of the United States at the time was in made it that he didn't really worry about him getting getting COVID. And I'm the one who didn't get into medical school. (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's great. In her video, was she was her tantric sex buddy there or no? I think no. she was alone. He, he might have been videoing. He, be, yeah. he might have been running the camera. Behind the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Family yeah. values. Family yeah. values. Got to protect our values. Yeah, I, I Real will America. Say that, I, I will say that I am jealous that you guys are allowed to start having some attendance in your stadiums. The Swedish hockey season enters its playoff next week, and we're also about to start the soccer season, but there, there's, there, there are 50 people allowed. Uh, currently in the stands 50. regardless of size 50 even I, in the open air for soccer yeah hmm. uh, it's, it, how do the how do the 50 get chosen uh it's usually the club hands them out to loyal supporters or gives them the chance to to, to buy well, them if they people want people they hate go watch swedish soccer <laughs> <laughs> all right can we um can we move on to the questions for jvl segment yeah i'm ready locked cocked i'm ready to rock so I got a bunch, but Thomas, I far be it for uh, me to interrupt anything. Okay, well, I can start with one. JVL, in your ideal watch porn, who are the women or men, and what have they got on their wrists? I think I talked about this on an episode of the the Sub Beacon many, many moons ago, because I had, I had this one crazy, crazy watch porn dream in which I was at a hotel with my lovely bride and we i was just flipping through the you know the hotel cable and came upon hotel porn but in the porn it was all chick on chick 
and they were all wearing super expensive watches and the camera did a lot of like deep deep focus so it was really hardcore stuff like right on in the watch faces while the girls are going <laughs> you know, just going to town on each other and the the best part of this this dream really the best sex dream i've ever had was that in the dream shannon was into it <laughs> she wasn't even just tolerating it she was she was like oh i see what you mean about the facets on those indices now and i was like yeah see that dial yeah look at the <laughs> Look at the mirror polish finish there. Is that is that Zeratsu? Can I have your loop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. So yes, in, in my in my ideal, I want to say it's like Emily Ratajkowski and Trisha Helfer, and one of them is wearing an Amiga Seamaster, and the other one is wearing uh I don't know probably the grand seiko snowflake not that i've ever thought about this before <laughs> okay chris shoot with your questions have you heard about uh the news uh that netflix just greenlit the second and third installments of the knives out trilogy uh 400 million dollars going to produce these two films directed and written by ryan johnson and starring James okay. Bond. James Bond is doing deep cover. Um, I don't know how long he can stay in deep cover as a Southern gentleman. Uh, but my question for you is, if Anna de Armas isn't puking, are you interested in watching a Knives Out sequel? So I or never finished Knives Out. I started Knives Out and I liked it a great deal. And then one of you three, I don't remember who it was, said that the second half of it was horrible. And so I just never went back. It was that guy. So yeah. I never, I, I look, oh, I on. take what you say seriously. So I, I literally never went back to the movie because you said it was terrible. I didn't know I was ruining it. For some reason, I thought you finished it. I didn't realize that oh. you only watched the first half. Why, why, I wouldn't say that you, if you're right, then you didn't ruin it. You just saved my time. And I, it, did. Time it did. It didn't. It didn't. No. Does, Ryan, Anna, like does Anna Darmus get naked in the second half? No. Yeah. All right. So. But she throws up. Is that <laughs> hot? I mean, there are people who will pay double for that kind of action. <laughs> but do you think it is reasonable to to toss two hundred million per movie? Like, or it sounds a insane to me. special effects well, laden uh, murder mystery? I, I think that this is see, I thought that the drunken sailor era of Netflix acquisitions was winding to a close since they have won and it was starting. <laughs> but I got I mean that Rian Johnson was able to make them cough this up while he's basically in movie jail, right? I mean nobody I don't get it. But, well, here, uh, here's the th here's the thing, and and this <clears throat> for some listeners may or may not involve Anna Darmus, but what um, did the first what did that movie make? Hold on, hang on, Ryan. Um, I, I just want to point this out again. Keep Anna Darmus in mind that the reason it costs this much money is to pay the, the talent. Um, there's no back end, so to speak. <laughs> well, this is this is the Netflix model, right? You pay a premium for production. Because nobody gets a percentage because you own the intellectual property. And this is going to change. I don't know if you guys care about this or not, but it's going to change everything about Los Angeles because 
LA is full of people right, who yeah. made one cashing or two checks movies yeah. once upon a time and found that's actually enough to live a pretty comfortable lifestyle, right? And that's kind of cool. That's always been one of the cool things about LA, you know. And so during my LA days when I go out and crash, I'd be with, you know, like the daughter of some director who uh, had like done two movies and then just got like $20,000 a month every month for the rest of his life because of this. Or if you yeah. have a show that goes into syndication, just like being oh, a God. writer. If you, if you have yeah. that, then you have like real money, right? But yeah. you could live normal upper middle class life just having gotten like, you know, been in one successful thing that was enough points. Anyway, and a lot of this was union. You know, the union would have minimums on this and to keep the studios in line. And yeah. it's going to change if the intellectual property then becomes the sole property of the the streaming service itself that's going to change everything about the town and uh i think probably for the worse especially if you're on streaming tv because the netflix model is to do like two or three seasons and then when the talent gets expensive you cut them loose and just stop the series yeah right R ryan do you have you the know what the do you guys know what the budget was for the first knives out uh 80 Yes, it looks like an 80 million dollar 40 million 40 million dollars made <laughs> wow domestic and international combined it made 311 million dollars yeah so, they just coughed up 400 million dollars for two more well you know they'll get a good 36 hours of big buzz <laughs> on netflix for that and, it'll be uh, a netflix top 10 for and, you know, they, they will put out a press release saying that it is the most successful yeah. murder, original theatrical length murder mystery that they've ever run in terms of the number, uh, the percentage of first 20, 20 seconds watched, right? This is it is auto-played on 200 million screens. I, so I assume some of that has to be for getting the rights to put the first one on netflix hmm. and then but still i can't it's, see how it's, can it's still crazy but but people people watch garbage like go on any given day go and look at look at the netflix top 10 and see what people watch and you will be horrified so i have a follow-up question and for jonathan about the economics of hollywood what would the pandemic have done to the entertainment industry movies and television if there weren't multiple streaming options, HBO Max, uh, Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus, um, and, and all the other ones, The Cock, um, Paramount Plus, like what if it had come in 2005 or 2015, uh, even 2015 when there were fewer, what would it have done to the industry? Do you think? Yeah, the industry would be in much better shape now. Um, they would have taken a huge hit. Uh, but both the studios and the exhibitors were in a much stronger financial position. They had bigger reserves of cash and they would have simply come back. They would, you know, would have been like hitting pause in the industry for 18 months. And then they would have come back instead. What you're going to have is essentially nuclear winter. You know, like I, I really don't think people appreciate how the, the level of sea change that is happening, like theatrical is dead now. We will be very, very lucky if a few boutique, th I feel like, I feel like somebody said that this was going to happen in February <laughs> of a year ago, but I could be wrong. Uh, and it's, 
it's really bad. It's going to result in worse movies. And it's, it's also going to change the kinds of movies that get made. Because when you are making a movie for a streaming service and for the small screen, A, you can get away with spending a lot less money on effects because your eye can't tell the difference, right? You know, we, your eye knows the difference between $100 million in special effects and $200 million in special effects when it's on IMAX. Your eye doesn't know that when it's on a 70-inch OLED, right? How about an iPhone? And But the other thing is tent, right? So we are gone from tent poles. So where it made sense to spend $200 million on an avatar, right? That doesn't make any sense now. What the, what the hell does that, the, the blockbuster model doesn't make any sense well, now. They're putting out the Godzilla versus King Kong on straight to H bomb HBO. Yeah. At yeah. The same time but this the is theater. a movie that wouldn't get, this won't get made in, in the world of streaming. The big tentpole movies like this aren't going to happen. I'm very interested to see, the most interesting question here in all of this, I think, is what happens to the Marvel franchise? And does the Marvel franchise go from being the crown jewel of all motion picture economics to just another thing? Because the Friday Tony... night episodes released on Disney Plus. Right. Friday night episodes released on Disney Plus that can't be done at the same budget. Right. Um, and that the that it ultimately devalues the ip i mean that's the real question here the the movies were always the sort you know the movies are big cultural events the fact that they're big cultural events is what makes their intellectual property valuable and once they stop being big cultural events and they're just content then does anybody need to buy the lunchbox with the king kong and godzilla on it does anybody is anybody begging their parents to take them to universal studios so that they can ride the king kong versus godzilla ride or does all that go out the window and it's just like it's just like stranger things you know i mean stranger things is the most successful culturally successful show in the history of netflix and what did they get out of it a lego set and a couple of funko pops right i mean that's that's it that's the extent of their footprint what, what I hear you saying is that essentially this is the worst time for this to happen because both Disney Plus and HBO Max were essentially launching during the pandemic. And so as a way to strengthen them and because there was no revenue stream in, in the theaters that they were releasing, you know, Soul and, and Onward and uh, these other HBO Max that, that were uh, Wonder Woman 84. These, these would have been like $800 million global box office. Um, that they went straight to streaming um, where if this happened in say five years um, there would have already been, or maybe we, some of these would have come and gone, but th they wouldn't have been so quick to put these straight to streaming to strength, to get subscribers to HBO max and, and other things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe I'm not sure. I'm what I am saying is that it would have been better if this had happened 15 years ago. I don't know if it would have been better five years from now. Uh, it might've been worse. Yeah. You know, but this is, you know, the other thing is the, the economics of the streaming stuff are weird because they're divorced from actual like income and outflow. They're, they're based around things like stock prices, you know, which, which in the tech world have nothing to do with anything, right? It's just funny money. You know, it's like <laughs> price times earnings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Hollywood does not live in that world. Like Comcast, actually, their stock price is tied to their performance. Same thing for Disney. Uh, that is not true of Netflix. You know, that is not true of uh, lots of places. You know, AT&T wants to be in that, right? And so 
the whole thing is ba- it's bad, 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 bad for everybody. Chris uh, reminded me of the shit show that is Wonder Woman eighty four, so I want to move on from this. Uh, Chris, uh, other questions? I-, I have more, but um, the the next one, believe it or not, would take even longer to answer. So I'll, I'll let you go for. How about you one. ask it and I don't answer it? Well, what I was going to do is I was going to run through a list of movies that are coming out this year and ask you thumbs up, neutral, or thumbs down on whether or not you're excited to see this movie. That sounds like a great bit. We'll do it later. All right, Thomas. Okay. <laughs> see, I'm hosting for you. Uh, no, uh, I I want I have a bunch of questions about uh, sitcoms for JVL, but I figured we'd do those after. So um, carry on, Chris. Yeah, you ready for this? Okay. I'll give okay. you thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You can go neutral too. You can kind of push. Um, so April 23rd, Mortal Kombat. Thumbs is, up. Is, is Mrs. Keep, keep, keep. Pete Sampras in this one too? I don't know. Is she in I the, doubt the 1990s one? Fuck Bridget, yeah, Bridget baby. Wilson, is that her name? Wilson? No, no. no what's, her, what's her name? Um, Whatever, Mrs. Her name is Mrs. Pete Sampras. That's her name. Okay. So, so you're gonna have to say thumbs up because. Oh right, nobody else can see us. That's right. Thumbs up. Two thumbs way up. Um, April twenty third, same day. Uh, Amazon Prime essentially purchased this. Uh, without remorse. This is a Michael Jordan adaptation. Michael B. Jordan. I'm sorry. Starring, uh, adaptation of a Tom Clancy novel. Yeah, I'm going to go two thumbs way down. I have not seen anything. Nothing good has ever come of a Tom Clancy novel since Patriot Games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, May 7th, Wrath of Man. That's the new Guy Ritchie movie starring Jason Statham. I mean, sure, I'm in. Two thumbs up. May 28th, Quiet Place Part 2. Not a fucking peep. Two thumbs away. Sorry, horror. Two thumbs down. Pass. Okay. Uh, Wait, slow down. I don't remember. Do you you guys talked about the first one on the show, right? Uh, I mean, I was there for it, but I, I don't I don't do horror. My life is scary enough. I don't need to spend money to be more scared. We don't do horror either. I saw that. And yeah, I I'm uh, not really excited for the second one, but I thought the first one was good. It didn't. It didn't require a sequel. Anyway, Chris, carry right. on. I yeah. will say that that money gave John what, what's his name Krakowski Krasinski Krasinski that gave him Tom Hanks level fuck you money, right? Because mm-hmm. he directed that thing too, mm-hmm. and it cost no money. I mean, he walked out of that the the freest man in all of Hollywood. Well, and we were just talking about the economics of Hollywood. Thomas yeah. just said that that didn't require a sequel. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing is the economics of Hollywood say, yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> okay, May 28th, Cruella, starring Emma Stone, a prequel to, a uh, live action prequel to 101 Dalmatians. Two thumbs down. I 101 Dalmatians is one of the biggest pieces of shit in the entire Disney catalog. <laughs> it is down there with the rescuers and the Aristocats and the god awful robin hood which i think they've pulled out of out of the catalog right was this part of the disney expunging of things what what robin hood i think so the animated one the is animated the one, one. is the it culturally insensitive or something you know what it is it's it's a fucking cultural abomination 
It should be. There are there are probably a dozen Disney movies, animated movies from the 1970s, which should be disappeared because they are a shit stain on the legacy of Walt Disney. This is when that place was hitting rock bottom. And uh, people forget the pre-Little Mermaid, Disney was like on the verge of dying. And the Little Mermaid absolutely turned everything around for that company. Uh, and so I, I hate I just found out the that those stuff pass. That the guys yeah. who did Little Mermaid went all the way through and did Moana. It was their last film together. When you say the guys, like the pair, the, they're two the directors. Guys who directed, a pair. Yeah, they. Oh, really? Yeah, they did uh, Aladdin. They did. I mean, the, the, uh, the, 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 the making the making of Little Mermaid is really good because there's an enormous amount of talent in there. Like Tim Burton is a storyboarder, I think, when they were doing it, you know, and he's like just this weird 24 year old. It's like, oh, you know, he hasn't become Tim Burton yet. God, sorry. I, quick question about 101 Dalmatians. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Uh, I was raised on Disney and we had these these little books with these tapes that would play the music and like read along to the book when that chimes ring like this, turn the page. Um, and so I, I, I don't, a lot of these movies, I don't know if I've seen or if I just experienced them that way, but what did she want to do with the, like she wanted to essentially kill and skin. Yes. She wanted to skin like it's because who, what, what rich person from New York doesn't want a skin, a coat made of dog fur. (laughs) And and like this is a kids movie that like where the villain wants to kill and skin these it's dogs. So, I put Lady and the Tramp in the same category. All of those movies, absolute garbage. The the name Fox the name, and the Hound. The names of the two guys are Ron Clements and John Musker. Clements and Musker. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a great discussion of Fox and the Hound in a Whit Stillman movie, but we'll move on. Uh, June, June 18th, Luca. This is a Pixar movie going straight to Disney Plus. They ma- what they is this? A movie of, uh, Two thumbs down. Luca Doncic. I don't remember <laughs> the last about, time I saw Luca Doncic. <laughs> I don't think it's about the Dallas Maverick. No, I don't From remember Slovenia the last Pixar movie that I liked. You didn't like Soul. Uh, didn't. I didn't even watch it because, again, I don't remember the last Pixar movie I liked. Can't like him if you don't watch him. All right, June 25th. Are you ready for this? Yeah. F9. And we're not playing Battleship. Two, two thumbs, thumbs up for... Two thumbs way up. Fast and Furious. Are you kidding? Bring it. Bring it. And, and then this one, we get Charlize Theron as a good guy, I assume. <laughs> yes. This one's going to yeah. fund the uh, statue of Paul Walker like the <laughs> statue of Superman in the <laughs> Zack Snyder universe so he's got so yeah. someone some someone's pissed at him and gives him a small dick is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be paul walker in his car in his, like, the radio like, station like, <laughs> july 2nd top gun colon maverick so i was not into it until that second trailer the second trailer looks pretty fucking awesome i'm in two thumbs up did uh, Tom Cruise do all his stunts? Uh, I I believe that all of the plane stuff is CGI, right? Isn't this the rap on it? Is that is that every single plane thing in it is CGI'd, and yet mm-hmm. it looks pretty good? July second, Minions: Colon Rise of Gru. 
Yeah. I mean, at some point, I'm sure I will pay money for it in order to amuse my children for 80 minutes. But Thomas will watch the porn, (laughs) which also has has the same title. (laughs) I just came up with that. Uh, July 9th, Black Widow. Yeah. Two thumbs away. I've I've been waiting for a Black Widow movie since Captain America Winter Soldier which is when I think that uh, when Scarlett Johansson totally came into her own with the character. Uh, and I, I just, I think Scarlett Johansson is just awesome. I like her in almost everything she does. I love Natasha Romanoff as a character. Uh, sign me up. Question. Do, do you know what other characters are going to be in this? Have you looked at the cast? I have not. But I assume this is basically a spy movie and not a superhero movie. But they're not going to insert, so to speak, a Falcon or Winter Soldier. I I, I don't know because I haven't. I'm not sure if I looked at IMDb, I could yeah. figure it out. But I believe yeah, well, this obviously is, we could. But this is all this is all like pre Shield, I think. Okay. Oh, right. so so we're going way back. Okay. I think so. I mean, I think we get the Red Room, the whole nine yards. Okay. July sixteenth, Space Jam two. There's a there's a subtitle. I don't, I don't remember what it is. Pass. But July 16th, Cinderella. This is a Sony live action musical, which I guess I don't understand the rights. Is this common? Is this like public domain or something? Yeah, the story is it's like uh, the turtle. You know, it's like the, the yeah. Aesop fables or something. Okay. Pass. No, thank you. Thumbs is down. It, is it that that famous Norwegian Hans Christian Andersen? Is it? Did he write Cinderella, Thomas? Is he one of your people? No. Okay. Uh, July 23rd, The Tomorrow War, which is a Chris Pratt time travel flick. I've not even heard of. I just found it out today when I was looking. Mm, Pass. Uh, July 23rd. Uh, See, these are my notes. They're kind of messy. All I see is old. Uh, It might have a longer title, but it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Pass. July 30th. Jungle Cruise starring Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. I mean, this is Disney based on the the ride, the ride, right? And yet I believe the trailer looks amazing and Emily Blunt is great and The Rock is great and The Rock and Emily Blunt together. I mean, do you think when she was at Cambridge, she thought to herself, someday I'll be in a cinematic entertainment with that fellow from the wrestling out a ride at Disney. She was, she was really hoping for It's a Small World, but, you know. It sounds so stupid, but it's probably going to be great. I'm, I'm super, super into it. Jonathan, could you rank for us a quick ranking of, of the movies based on Disneyland rides? <laughs> Number one, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's it, right? I mean, there aren't, there is no Space Mountain. There is no great. There is the, the Eddie Murphy uh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, there's the Andy Murphy Haunted Mansion. Um, there are I, others. I don't think there are. are uh, Tower of Terror. Tomorrowland. Does Captain EO count? Yeah, Tomorrowland. Mission mm-hmm. to Mars. <laughs> Captain EO. Love Captain EO. That, All right. The Michael Jackson one. Yeah, it is. August 6th. The Suicide Squad. I... I don't know. I, you know, I hated Suicide Squad. I really liked Birds of Prey. I, I, I'm, I'm so confused. 
James Look, Gunn. I'll though. close my eyes and we'll experiment and see what happens, but I can't promise I'm going to like it. So I was really confused when I saw that this movie was coming out. I was like, what is this? And, and so I didn't realize that as soon as James Gunn was fired by Disney, that uh, Warner swooped him up and pushed back Guardians 3. Um, and then they rehired him because they're like, well, I guess if he's not in movie jail, then then we'll take him. All right. Uh, free guy. I'm sure you, uh, I'm sorry. This is August 13th. Free guy. This Ryan is the Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds movie where he's a character in a video game. Is that Ryan? Is that? that yes, that's correct. It's, it was supposed to come out like. Like a year uh, and a half ago or something. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds doesn't do anything for me. Pass. Yeah. Doesn't make it move a little. Not, not even a little. What about, what about when he's got that scarring on him and he just like looks burned. Doesn't doesn't do it for me. It's like get, when, when you've seen the first Deadpool movie, you don't ever need to see another Ryan Reynolds movie again. Because he's done all of the Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah. He doesn't have any other Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Mm, okay. August 13th. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Is it Bios? It's a Tom Hanks movie. Pass. When's the last good Tom Hanks movie? Uh, Greyhound. August 20th. You ready for this? Yeah. Paw Patrol colon the movie. <laughs> Don't if you tell G Money that that's a thing, I will cut you. Because I I am telling you that if he knows that that exists, Shannon will refuse to take him, and I will be the one who has to go to the last remaining movie theater somewhere on Earth and sit there with G Money listening to the insane techno music of Paw Patrol. What's the bad mayor's name from the bad city? What's his mayor? Cheese? I don't, I don't know. No, can't remember. It's, it's been a while. My kids are older. Uh, September third. Shang, Kai, and the Ten Rings. You familiar with this? this is this is a? Uh, my notes say it's a Marvel martial arts action movie. I mean, is this part of Iron Fist? I don't know. I, I... Iron Fist. I barely know her. No, that doesn't. Yeah. September 24th, Venom, let there be carnage. Venom, let the, this is a real thing? It's a real thing. Woody is Harrison, Tom Hardy going to be back? Woody Harrelson's playing, yes, and Woody Harrelson's playing like another Venom-adjacent character. So I Tom am Hardy's assuming that Tom Hardy is trying to sabotage this movie <laughs> from within. And so I want to see it just to see how that all works out. All right, uh, October 8th, No Time to Die. The James Bond. I have not liked a James Bond movie since Quantum of Solace. The new No Time to Die looks great. So I will foolishly get my hopes up to go see it and then be disappointed. Ryan, is Quantum it true? of Solace is sneaky good. People dismiss mm. it because it followed Casino Royale, which is the greatest James Bond movie ever. And it isn't that good, but it if is you a very good movie. Back to back, like in like close proximity, Quantum of Solace is really good. If they're spread apart too far, some people didn't like Quantum of Solace, but I liked it a lot. Right, it's it way true? better than Skyfall, which everybody's yeah. jizzed over. Skyfall is a garbage movie. It's true that the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, Ryan, is it true it's seven hours long? Do I have that right? I don't. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know where. You're going with this. All right, we're we're almost done with Sounds the year. Right. October twenty first, Dune. Do we do Timothy we, Chalamet? Do we have to do Dune? Is this a thing we have to do as a culture? Do we have to go back to the Dune Wars where the because if Denis you remember, Villeneuve. 
think think back to ninth grade and there was always the one kid in your honors english class who was like actually dune is so much better than star wars or star trek in dune they have the space and it's more realistic and i i fucking hated that guy and i mean dune is dune is fine Dune is fine. If you if you are a, a middle school kid who has never read any sci-fi before and you are dipping your toe into into not even really hard sci-fi, but like softcore sci-fi, then it's fine. There's nothing better than that. And I don't really feel like I need a movie about it. Do you? Are you guys into Dune? You're not Dune guys. I'm into oh, Denny Villeneuve. I, I like I've liked Almost all of Denis Villeneuve's movies. Yeah, I'm excited for a big budget. Villeneuve. <laughs> Villeneuve. Well, I'm, Ryan, I'm a excited Ryan, for a... Ryan also sits through movies that are 10 hours long. So I don't know. What you movie wanna, if I sat guys, through that was 10 hours long? Are you guys into sci-fi stuff? By, by which I mean books or no? Are you guys all too well, cool for it? I mean, I'm into the... Thomas, why are you then, pointing uh, at your giant? At what's your that? Uh, I started that other one that uh, Jan said I need to start. Um, Salvation? Yes. Oh, have any of you guys read the Salvation series? Oh, it's so good. Do you like it, Ryan? I- I'm like halfway through the first one. I had to stop because um, uh, what's the there was a there's a sequel to a book that I read. I think it was called like Infinity or something like that. Um but that that got released while I was in the middle of the first Salvation book, and I had to stop. And I'm a third of the way through the season. final book in the Salvation trilogy, and Holy it's Lord. great. Oh, it's so great! Thank you, Jen. All right, sorry. October twenty second, Snake Eyes: Colon GI Joe Origins. Okay, they haven't I'm killed GI Joe. I'm sorry. So this is this is not this is not a bit. Not a bit. You've just asked me this, and I have reached over onto my desk. <laughs> Who's that? Who that? Snake Eyes. That's Snake yeah, Eyes. That's right. Sign me up, baby. Oh, this. I is, didn't. I didn't know they were a, making more GI Joe movies. This isn't a sequel to that Nicolas Cage did, movie. Did you notice that this is? Wait a minute, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, but it's called Action Force. This is the British variant of GI Joe. What did I just blow your mind? So it's not the Lepin, it's just a British one. <laughs> exactly. November 5th, Eternals. Is this, is this the, the Marvel? There's a Marvel. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I, I hate it. Yeah. yeah, I'm familiar with it. Pass. Okay. Pass. Okay. The, the Eternals is the Marvel crap version of the DC New Gods, which itself is crap. Okay. November 11th, vet- we're going to honor our veterans by coming out with a new Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, starring Paul Rudd. I think Jason Reitman is directing. Pass. November 19th, Mission Impossible, colon, actually this one mission is possible, but really hard. I mean, if it's a Mission Impossible movie, I'm there. Okay. Chris hasn't HBO- seen any of them. Ah, here, this one, I don't have a date. Uh, this must be November, though. Uh, HBO Max, King Richard. This is Will Smith playing the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Okay. I'm sorry. 
So we're not doing Will Smith doing Shakespeare. No. <laughs> okay. But I but I guess it's also focusing more on him than his daughters. I mean, what? I mean, he, he deserves most of the credit. Let's be honest. I mean, sure. I get. I don't. I, I. I don't. I only get myself into trouble talking about the Williams sisters. I like Venus Williams a very great deal. He's kind of Venus a monster. Williams is awesome, but Richard Williams you, is a monster. And... Are you? I'm sorry, Thomas. What? Are you out of movies yet? I have four more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so November 24th, 2021 here, huh? November 24th, Encanto. This is a Disney animated musical from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I'll, take a sh- I'll take a chance on that. December 10th, West Side Story. The Steven pass. Spielberg. Pass, pass, pass. I hate West Side Story. December 17th, Spider-Man. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. Yeah, I'm sure. December 22nd, The Matrix 4. I mean, yeah, it's a car wreck, right? You got to see it. Last one, December 22nd, The King's Man. I think this is a prequel to Kingsman. Kingsman. I, uh, I, I don't love the Kingsman stuff. Is that okay? Can I say that? I know it's my boy. I like the first one. I know one. it's my boy. One was, I don't think I finished the second one. The second one is just not good. It's not yeah. good. It's not good. There, I said it. All right. I'm done. Oh, what are you drinking there, Ryan? It's a um, shotgun spiked spiked seltzer. Oh. Sunset 77. Interesting. I have a question totally unrelated to anything we're doing right now. Um, yeah. Ryan, how, how many streams do you suppose can go simultaneously on your HBO Max account? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that... Uh, we'll find out. Well, yeah. I, my, my, uh, I have my own HBO Max account. Yeah. You do? You, yeah. yeah, no, uh, Ryan, but they don't. Ryan, you should, they're, they're, they're both Ryan, locked in mind. Ryan, Ryan, you should give them your code. Let's start. Okay. Let's do this and be legends. Fuck it. Oh, we'll do it live. All right, on. so I've got it paused right when the um, the fuzz goes away and the HBO is visible. Well, hold on. i got to get mine on so I can do the same. Right. right. <laughs> um, okay, it just went away. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to stop it right when the fuzz goes away. So what I see now is this, correct? That's, That's what where I, I am. Okay. You guys tell me when to start. Chris, you there? I'm here. I mean, are you? It says, it says three seconds for me. Is that where you are? I'm at four seconds. <laughs> four seconds. All right, hang on. I'm at three seconds. Okay. All right. Do you want me to go back? No, no, no. Let's I'm, just I'm let's sure. do a countdown. I'm at, four sec- I'm at four seconds now. Three, two, one, click. On behalf of the entire Disrupt Conference, I would like to apologize for what happened out there this afternoon. This man will, will never be asked to judge again. Uh, I've just learned that he's so, been... So, JVL, uh, you don't know this, but I've never even seen an episode of the show. Wife left him. Anyway... It's interesting you say this. So we are watching the season one finale, Optimal Tip to Tip, or as is colloquially known, Mean Jerk Time. And uh, this is a great gateway episode into the show. So we are following a group of what are three, four, five guys who have started a tech company in Silicon Valley and are trying to make it big. And the thing that happens is, first of all, they're all weirdos. 
Yeah. And second of all, they always get this close to succeeding and then they fail and they trip on their own dicks. And the other thing that's interesting is that you will learn over the course of the show is that the guy who is the titular lead, who you're seeing right there on screen, what's the actor's name, fellas? Thomas Middleditch. Thomas Middleditch. Uh, whose character is Richard, who is supposedly the hero of the show. He's really the main protagonist, but he's actually the villain. And he is is the bad guy in all of this. And uh, you will come to root against him. But it's going to be a little hard to do a a full commentary if you've never seen an episode of the show and you're now watching it without the benefit of audio. Yes, Thomas? True? False? Uh, you can, we we did this once with an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode, and he'd never seen an episode of that before. Can you hear it so though, Thomas? And read. How? Oh, you're just closed captioning it. Ah, is this where Gavin Belson so, <laughs> that reveals the dick logo? <laughs> no, no. So Gavin Belson is the real hero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gavin Belson plays a. You know, it's funny. He he is an original character he's an amalgam of like three or four different silicon valley archetypes but he's not really based on any one person mm-hmm. and elon he, musk elizabeth holmes who else no oh. no he's he's got like some steve, steve jobs, jobs in there but also the google some, guys right some larry and sergey uh, but the company he runs huli is essentially google right but it is it is as if it were a late middle-aged version of Google. So picture Microsoft circa 2010, right? So his company, Huli, is always, you know, floundering and just coasting on the fact that it's so big and chasing to catch up with everybody else. And what's super interesting about Gavin Belson is that he's this weird caricature. And he is the nemesis of, of Richard, Thomas Middleditch's character. But he is at heart kind of an okay guy, or at least he's still trying to be an okay guy. It's just impossible because of the station he's risen to in life. And, you know, he's surrounded by yes men. And uh, anyway, so he has come in on this show. This is weird, a tech crunch disrupt conference. And Gavin has just presented what is essentially Pied Piper's idea for compression. And so he has right. stolen it by what he did was he had the Pied Piper guys went in a previous episode to interview with a company they thought might acquire them. They brain raped them. They just stole all of their tech. And, uh, and then Gavin bought that company. And so they are now trying to figure out what to do because they are presenting in the finals the next day and uh, their product was essentially just spit out by Huli and Gavin Belson. I would say I would say there's a little bit of Jack Dorsey in Gavin Belson. I mean he's got his guru guy like who's a total fraud who comes in. <laughs> yeah so he's got a guru guy he's got his head of security he's got the board and you know he he says crazy things and nobody ever pushes back Uh I don't know. I Gavin is the type of guy that I I wouldn't say I root for him. Do you guys root for him? For Gavin? Yeah. I don't. I root for the idiots, even if Richard is the villain. Right. Yeah. I 
I think like Richard's definitely the least likable of the uh, Pied Piper guys. Um, and, and you're saying he's the villain because he self-sabotages. Like he sabotages everyone around him, right? He's a bad person. Richard is a bad person. Throughout the show, Richard does things that only bad people do. Right, you know, kiss my piss, right? And he's he's petty and vindictive and impulsive and entitled. He's, he's but, but bad. Gabe is the only like real good moral guy, like among these guys. Uh, isn't that his name? What's his name? Gabe. Yeah, his the character's name is Gabe. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's like the um, the Satanist. The no. No, he's uh, talking about um, like the, the tall, oh, lanky. Uh, the, he's like their compliance. Um, Zachary Woods. Is the Zach character. Woods. Yeah, the, the character is. Uh, it's not Gabe. Is that is that his name in the office? Is that what I was thinking? Right. Yeah, that's the that's his name in the office. Jared Dunn. Yeah, Jared. He, he's Jared. Jared. Okay. So he's a very gifted comedian. I like him. Mm-hmm. He's the most moral of the guy, but he's also possibly a psycho killer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got that look in his eyes right now. Yeah. So this is we're catching Jared after he has not slept for four days straight and is hopped up on Adderall that he bought from a kid in the neighborhood of their flop house. Um, but uh, anyway, so the, uh, these do, this is like the Waldorf and Statler. Um, what are the characters' names? Somebody has the IMDb up. I, I've always just uh, I, I don't. Like, you know, Camille don't know. and... Uh, Camille, not Johnny, and... Um, oh, what's his name? No, hang on. Star, something. I've something got star. Uh, I've got real-life Thomas Middlejitch uh, info, if you guys want that at all well, i was gonna say of the main he's four also, he's also not a good person in real life right right <laughs> oh is he so oh he, so 2018 he yeah. gave 2018 he gave an interview with playboy saying like um swinging has saved my marriage <laughs> and then in 2019 <laughs> turns out it didn't save his marriage it didn't save his marriage saved it for a little bit <laughs> Uh, so can I complain about Kara Swisher here? I, I like Kara Swisher generally as a writer. Um, she, so Silicon Valley does a lot of bringing in real life people from Silicon Valley and giving them cameos. And every time Kara Swisher is in this, she sticks out like a sore thumb. Like she, she just feels like a put on and you see, you know, you see this sometimes in movies where they bring in uh, a TV anchor, right, to do a fake thing. And some TV people are really good at it and seem natural. Wolf Blitzer is great, right? Whenever there's a, a fake movie where they're doing a fake, CV, a fake CNN newscast and Blitzer is doing his thing, totally great, totally believable. And Brian Williams is not. Brian Williams is very bad at it. Care switcher more like Brian Williams. I, I didn't realize that she was playing herself. Yeah, she's just being Kara Swisher. But she is like, you know, like an animatronic robot. I am on a the set of a TV show. Pied Piper sounds like a great place to work. Oh, yeah, it is. Pied 
I like how uh, at one point uh, he said something along the lines of, we've got a great name and we've got a great logo. Let's do something. All we need is yeah. an idea. That's that's how I feel about all tech startup companies in Silicon yeah. Valley. Who, who is this uh, Indian guy, this character actor, who you recognize from a million places? Anyone know? Uh, um, I'm looking through the AMDB cast right now. He's got to be only in a couple episodes. This isn't you but, doing but, a bit about how you can't tell Indian people about No. Like, I just saw him in something else, like, today. Um, the actor's name is Avi Nash. Um, but uh, he's been in The Walking Dead. Um, what have I ever pretended to confuse actors, Thomas? Come on. This is the best. This is the best Jared bit in the show. So he comes to. So he's going around like doing these man on the street things with, you know, what do you think of Pied Piper? And he's like, what? What if I had an app that uh, that I could just track your child no matter what? <laughs> you couldn't stop me. So so Monica, I don't know who the actress is who plays Monica, but number one, Amanda Crew. Amanda Crew. She is sneakily maybe the hottest woman on television but also she is fabulous and her part is never really given enough and i always i always wanted more monica on the show because uh, she is also a good person monica is a monica might be the hero of the show honestly even more than gavin uh she's just great she's an audience surrogate um in ways that none of the other the other characters are, she's a normal person, uh, and she's you know ambitious and trying to get ahead, but she doesn't screw people over, and uh, she's also really funny. When they and they don't let her be funny very often, her part just doesn't get the you know she plays straight man most of the time, but when they let her be funny, her comic chops are great. That's interesting that you say that she's one of the best looking people on tv I, I think she's intentionally like super good looking for nerds you know what i mean like they couldn't put someone really good looking next to the nerds because they would just stammer you don't think yeah. so no I, I would agree i would agree. i mean they don't let her look oh, this is great and then the cops the cop with you do you have any do you have any weapons or drugs why yes yes i do <laughs> no i bought these just <laughs> yeah <laughs> underage kid that I brought to my house. <laughs> His entire look is... Yeah, he's being arrested by bicycle cops. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so it's very funny. So we are... All right. I think... Are we going to... Can we just... We won't talk at all. We'll just let the audio here go for the people listening to the show. Yes? I don't, think, that? I don't think they can hear the audio. We're Should I turn that to. on? Okay. We can put it in. I mean, we can put it in afterwards. I, I can rip it and okay. put it in the audio. So. This is the greatest dick joke in the history of dick jokes. It, it really... I, it, it, I <laughs> Am I wrong? They took it very seriously, too. Like the. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's what sells it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like legitimately trying to figure out like the, the mathematics of it so that our team could move forward. That's why we're presenting tomorrow. And you know what? We're going to win. Yeah, 
we're going to win even if I have to go into the auditorium and personally jerk off every guy in the audience. That's a lot of jerking. That's a lot. And we only have 10 minutes to present, so. So? We're fucked, aren't we? Yeah, even if he's jerking two at a time, there are, what, 800 guys in that room, so that's 400 times whatever the mean jerk time is. The what? Mean jerk time. I mean, it doesn't matter, but hypothetically, time is equal to 400 total jerks at a two-dick rate. Unless Ehrlich jerks off four guys at a time. It doesn't matter. That in half. How would he do four guys? He's got two hands, so that's two dicks at a time, right? Look, you have two guys on either side with their dicks tip to tip, so you're going full length. Four. See? Oh. From the middle left, that does make sense. Like two shake weights. Yeah. So what we're trying to do, hypothetically, is minimize time, which is 800 dudes multiplied by mean jerk time, divided by weights. four dicks at a time. Of course, Ernick would have to pre-sort guys by height so that their dicks lined up. Not by height, technically. <laughs> the measurement that we're looking for really is dick to floor. Dick to floor. Call dick that D2F. Floor. Huh. Oh my god. You know, if a guy's dick was long enough, he would be able to reach up or down to another guy with a different D2F. The longer the dick, the greater the D2F bridge. I would still be able to jerk it off in one smooth motion. I would just have to jerk it on an angle. So D2F sub 1 needs to equal D2F sub 2, and D2F sub 3 needs to equal D2F sub 4, where length L creates a complementary shaft angle. Call that theta D. A complimentary shaft threshold as a function of lambda sub i. Such an idiot. Middle out. Middle out. Middle out. Oh my god. Guys, none of them care at all. This is right back to the problem. Gotta factor in girth. Shit. Yeah, I think it would. But this dude is actually working on something. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even the idea so he's changing the entire company. Time yeah. to orgasm or T two O. It has to be the same for each matching pair of dicks. Otherwise, I'm wasting a lot of great strokes on a guy that's already busted. Unless you swap. Don't waste any. Waste any sweet strokes. So when you stroke up, you're not wasting any energy. The guy that's already busted. Guys. JBL has Shannon seen this episode and this scene? Uh, many, many times. In fact, we uh, watched it last night because I wanted to re-familiarize myself with it uh, before we before we watched. Now, I have not yet watched this with my mother-in-law, but <laughs> it's, it is on the agenda. Believe me when I say that Peggy and I are going to watch this, and it's going to be amazing. All right, so we have just finished. Knock down the door. The greatest dick joke ever. I, I love their choice here to only give us Richard's headphones and to take out all the audio from them actually knocking the door down. And uh, anyway, so it's the next morning and they have solved the mean jerk time dick to floor ratio. We get their the shot of the whiteboard with all of their drawings. And uh, Richard has invented middle out compression, which is going to revolutionize the way the entire internet works. So. That's the rest of the show. What do you guys think of TJ Miller? So I've always, uh, so he was on a podcast that I listened to before I knew of him from like TV shows or movies. 
and I always found him funny on that. Um, but he does always kind of play the same character. I've always liked him. Um, he kind of had a tough time, I think, like by calling in, you know, calling in a bomb threat on a woman who made fun of him on a train. He got arrested for that. That was probably bad. Didn't he get kicked off the show for me tooing? Like, no? I don't know if it was that. Or did, or or did he? Just, he he was just hard to work with because okay. he's one of those guys that's just like he's always you know he's always going a thousand miles an hour. And also, he's always high. The other too, thing I think yeah. that was part of it, right? I mean, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, but also, I, I mean, like he him. Middleditch had personal conflicts, and Middleditch wanted him off the show. I think because he T.J. Miller got a lot of the the press for the show, right? Whenever yeah. you saw people writing about Silicon Valley, they would write about him or or Mike Judge, and nobody would talk about Middleditch. Him. Yeah, I think that's uh, that was that was a bit, they they definitely had conflict on set. Um, yeah, and it very. Easy. I mean, he. He basically he got kicked off like after he got in trouble with the police for like calling in that bomb threat. It was it was an easy. He wasn't on again after that. Um, for the last and I season. honestly I think the show really missed him too. I think so. I think once once he's off the show, there is a hole there that never gets filled, and you and they never really move past it either. Right? They they keep Jimmy Yang on the show in, in a small part, but they actually never give Jimmy Yang enough to do. Jimmy Yang is really, really, really funny, and mm. they just never give him enough business. He has uh, a stand-up special on Amazon. It's 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 really funny. Is it great? Uh, yeah. yeah. That is a big room of nerds. <laughs> yeah. Big Head, the other thing, Big Head, one of my favorite characters on the show. Big Head, yeah. also a good person. Right, and so we, the first time we see that uh, Richard is a, is a bad person is when he fires Big Head. You guys remember this? Yeah, he pushes out his own roommate. I'm I'm a big Martin Starr fan. He makes me laugh. Like he's fantastic, and he and, and he's kind of a guy who does the same thing. And like he doesn't play a whole variety of roles, but he's funny in everything he does. Yeah. And uh, it's funny to watch Camille here pre-Marvel, right? So he has a Marvel movie coming up, and he's gotten, like, super ripped. buffed out. Yeah. Super ripped. Right? Yeah. Super ripped now. And it's funny watching him back in his stand-up comic, you know, pudgy guy days. Let's hope for all of us. What's the name of it, the hero that he's going to play? Iron Man? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know who he's He's who Pakistani he's Tony Stark. Is it, is it a movie or is it a show? I don't know, but he's coming into the Marvel universe, right? Well, I I just mentioned two two new Marvel projects that I just know nothing about. One was this martial arts one, and one was Eternals. Is he in one of those? Eternals. He's in the Eternals. That's what it is. I don't know a thing about that. I don't. I don't either. But is it in the last season of the show? You can kind of tell that they're trying to hide his giant muscles. I think so. I think you can really see that he started to to bulk up. Well, we, we got through uh, the dick joke. Uh, sh- should we wrap? Or, I mean, Thomas is in... in like, should we let Jonathan go so he can get some sleep before... Yeah, there's like eight minutes left. I mean, it's not... Okay. 
So this is the, the end of season one, and nothing really important happens for the rest of this, except that it's moving the, the story along. And if, if you were going to criticize Silicon Valley, which I generally like quite a lot, it would probably be that even though there is forward progress in the story, there's no forward progress in the arcs, really. Right, the, the characters are just doing the same things over and over again. It's Sisyphus, right? They yeah. they get to the top of the hill, the rock rolls back down, the company goes bankrupt. They then fly by the seat of their pants and capture everything, then things go bad again. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what it kind of reminds me of, Ryan? Another H-Bomb X show. Talked about it last week. Entourage. It's like Vinny's career. Like throughout the course of a season, you're like, it's it's gonna happen. Oh no, it's not gonna happen. Like it's it's up and down. It's the same thing. Well, and but what's and I'm not an entourage guy. But the other thing is that none of the characters change while the Sisyphus thing is going on, right? So when I when I say that, you know, the story is moving forward and that we keep learning new things about Pied Piper the only character that grows as a person is Gavin. Sure. And, and yeah. Gavin is the one who winds up giving up all this, this stuff and trying to become a better person. He signs his patent over to Richard for no, for nothing. Right. He, he leaves Huli, goes off to his ashram and, you know, it doesn't work out. He comes back, but, but the point is Gavin is the only character who, who is trying to emerge and become a better version of himself. Yeah. I mean, Kamel and, and uh, Martin Starr are just kind of doing their kind of jokey thing, kind of shirking their duties as coders. Um, and just trying to get rich. Like they just, they don't care how they just want to be hanging on until there's a big IPO pop and they can get rich and cash out. That's what they want. And what is the name of the character actor who plays their first CEO? I mean, oh, he's uh, he's funny in everything he does, and he's great in this. Who was the first? Was that was that Stephen Tobolowski? Yeah, yes. Stephen Tobolowski yes. plays their yeah. CEO. He's great. He's... And you know, the other thing the show misses is is it misses uh, Monica's boss, who mm-hmm. I think the actor died. Is that what happened? And so they killed the character. Am I am I right about this, Ryan? They I... no, because don't we see him in later seasons? But then. Like he, no. no. He's the head of he's the head of the VC firm, and can you effort that, Ryan? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying to see. Um, because don't they bring in they bring in a woman to replace him? Yeah, they bring in a woman to replace like him. an autistic woman or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, she's fine. Who was who was that guy? Uh, I'm down to people that have only been in four episodes. So, JVL, do you like the big sick? You, I have never seen it. That's the the thing that Camille wrote and starred in to put him on a map, which is autobiographical. Yeah. This is how he and his wife basically met. They went out on a date. She got really sick. Uh, and then they fell in love and wound up getting married. Um, is it good? People like it. I just haven't seen it. Uh, I'm not going to say a thing. I, I don't, I don't want to bias you against it. Obviously, we're good people. <laughs> 
Uh, the actor's uh, name was Christopher Evan Welch. He played Peter Gregory. Yes, um, Peter Gregory. Right. Yeah, he, he did die. Yeah. So um, he he dies, and again, he was a great presence when he was there. He, you know, just mm-hmm. a little bit of him went a long way. Yeah, because he was truly weird. You know, that character was just yeah. a super weird character, and he was great. But but someone who like you totally bought as like a Silicon Valley like eccentric. You know, 100%. Chester, yeah. 100%. And the stuff that he did with Monica, right, was the, the business they did when you were in the office together with them. You wanted, I or, yeah, I always wanted more time with the two of them. So, so yeah. they end the first season on a high note. Uh, I noticed that there are six total seasons. Uh, do they all hold up? Or does it decline toward the end? Or. I mean, I think it definitely the seasons. Is it one season or two seasons without T.J. Miller? I think it's two. Aren't aren't as they try to? I think they tried. Didn't they try to replace him with some other crazy, like someone who kind of like brings the energy up a little bit? The uh, Trace, Trace Commas guy. Yeah. So what's his name? Uh, uh, that was uh, so Christopher. His name was Hanneman, right? Russ Hanneman. Yeah, was Russ Hanneman. Trace Commas. Yeah, I guess he is sort of a substitute, but he's a he's his own thing, and there's not enough of him. And yeah, okay, I'm glad you say that because I th- I thought you were gonna say you didn't like him because I was like, no, Russ is great. He's great. Right. He is so fun. Look at these doors, right? <laughs> I need, these doors go like this. I need doors that go like this. I mean, he might be my favorite character this, in the whole show. Yeah. A billionaire yeah. doors. Yeah, but he was in it. Wasn't he in it before even? Uh, he was in it while T.J. Yeah. Miller was still he, part of the show. Because, because remember when he um, first walks in, he walks into the house with them, and he looks at Ehrlich and he looks at Jared, and he says to Jared, "This guy fucks." <laughs> right? And Ehrlich's like, "Yeah, no, I get around." He's like, "No, no, this guy over here, this guy fucks." And then later on in the show, when uh, Jared leaves the company, right, Thomas Middleditch shows up at Jared's apartment because we've never seen anything, any part of Jared's personal life. And Jared's got like these two smoking girls over. (laughs) Oh, Russ was right. Russ really could smell it. Trace Thomas vodka. Uh, Here's what I would say, Thomas. It is a funny show. You do not need to watch all of it. If you have watched one season, one season is probably enough. But if you enjoy it, you could watch another. And if you enjoy that, you could watch another. But there's each season really does serve as almost a series finale. Like you could walk away anytime once you finish a season because you've seen, after you've seen one season, you've seen the whole roller coaster. You know, you don't know every single bump and you don't know how it's going to end, but it, you know enough. Plus, I think the longer you watch, the more you hate many of the lead characters. Am I right or wrong about that, boys? I think it's yeah, certainly right about it, Richard. It, yeah, it definitely got. Um, they kept having to invent new reasons for Richard to be like aggrieved. Uh, yeah, like like he, he thought he was being principled when he was just being aggrieved. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. All right, boys. But uh, so the, l- one last thing, JVL, before you get to go to work or go to bed, whatever you're going to do, uh, what is your favorite sitcom? My favorite sitcom? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, to tell you the dumbest thing in the world, probably Seinfeld. Uh, I, 
every once in a while I will dip back into the Seinfeld archive and I am blown away by how well 90% of those episodes hold up because the humor is not reference-based. It's not cultural-based. It's, you don't need any, you know, it doesn't matter that, the, that we have smartphones now, right? And texting, none of those things matter. It's all this keenly observed humor about the foibles of people. And so in the same way that Jane Austen is funny 200 years after, you know, it was written, I feel like Seinfeld will be funny in 200 years. Is that crazy? Is that nuts to say? I, I, I don't think I so. I don't think so. No. I mean, and and I the mean, other thing that's when you watch it is those episodes are so lean. There is not an ounce of fat on this, not a stray word, not a stray scene. Every single thing that's there is intentional and is doing work and pays off. And, uh, I just, the quality of the writing is so good. And many of the comedic performances are quite good. You know, I mean, Jerry's not the greatest performer in the world. Um, but, uh, but my God, the, the, it's just the writing. The writing on it is so perfect. Well, what do you guys like? If I were going to ask you guys favorite sitcom. Seinfeld is the, the right answer on this podcast. Uh, yeah, so. Is it really? I didn't even I know think that. I would probably, yeah. yeah, I think I would probably say Seinfeld too. Uh, Chris and I, I also know. have a favorite in Blackadder. Blackadder, yeah. Yeah, I like Blackadder. Yeah, I will say, I will say, would my my comedian friend Larry Miller is a good friend of Jerry's. Uh, I was having dinner dinner at Larry's house once, and his wife. So Larry's a comedian and a writer. His wife is a uh, showrunner. So she's one of these people who like, you know, runs sitcoms, you know, runs TV shows. And we were talking about the, their business uh, and Seinfeld had just gone off the air. And they said that uh, we were now entering the nuclear winter of sitcoms. And I was like, I said, what do you mean? And they said, so Seinfeld has broken the sitcom. There is, it, it was so perfect that every other situational comedy does not work now and people are going to try for a little bit to do it and then they're just going to turn and walk away from the sitcom as a form until somebody finds a way to reinvent it and my god if that's not what happened right so everybody loves raymond dragged on for like 11 more seasons with a bunch of old people in the midwest watching it and nobody else actually caring and then it disappeared and it's not until now we're in the middle a little bit, but really Arrested Development. Arrested Development reinvents the sitcom as a as single not a single camera show, but where it is no laugh interestingly track. observed, no laugh track, but done from an absurdist point of view, right? So it's no longer like realish kinds of people, uh, and it's much more literary. And that's then. I mean, Arrested Development starts the thing which gives you parks and rec and community and, and the, the sort 30 of rock second 30 rock, the second golden age of, of the sitcom. And, uh, but there is, there's a period of like a decade there in the middle of it where Seinfeld killed the genre because it was so good. There is, I, I saw the other day, I think I texted it to Chris and Ryan. Uh, I noticed that lost man standing is going off the air after like eight seasons. And I was yeah, gobsmacked. I have no idea who actually watches these shows. Probably the same middle-aged Midwestern people that watched 
everybody loves Raymond, but I'm amazed that piece of garbage got eight years. Yeah, well, but you know what? 26 million people a week were watching Everybody Loves Raymond. Last Man in the World or whatever that's Last Man Standing or what the fuck that movie that Will Allen, Ford, yeah. the Will Forte, right? No, 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 no. Tim Allen. Tim this Allen. is a Tim oh, Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, this was that, all Trump supporters. But, but it's all What's, Trump supporters. But I bet, I bet it's like, it's like nine eight million, million or people, yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet yeah, it's sure. it's yeah, a third it's, of what it used to be. Right. Um, and uh, it, and what's weird about that is it actually changed networks. I I don't know of any other property like that that uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, from, it, Seinfeld, it, it, Seinfeld did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Seinfeld was an ABC show. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. This is I, this I'm happens every once yeah. every once in a while. Uh, a, a show will change that. You know, I'm saying that, but I could be wrong. Somebody because when they, I, I do know that when they pitched the show, it's NBC. Uh, I I assumed it was NBC the entire time. Um, okay. I, anyway, Jamie, we okay. are going. I'm back away from that. It's possible I'm wrong. All right. Good night, guys. Yeah. Good night, JBL. Thank you for your time. I Thank love you. all of you. It's good to see your your faces, Thomas. Yeah, Christopher. You should good to see keep, you. Thanks for Ryan. coming on. Keep checking your mail. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your orgy, Thomas. Enjoy it for we, all of us. Oh, I will. I will. I will make an extra effort now. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>